0: Everyone, welcome to What I Cried About, a podcast all about life in your 20s and the many reasons it gives us to cry. My name is Julia and each episode I'll be interviewing a new volunteer to learn what they cried about this week and hopefully find some lessons in the process. Thanks for listening and welcome to What I Cried About.
1: about a lot of things this week. Well, first, thanks for having me. I'm very
0: honored to be here. Today, I'm talking to Alex, a 23-year-old from New York and a future professional listener. Today, we're going to be talking about Alex's answer to the question, what did you cry about this week?
1: The biggest thing I cried about this week is being an adult being an adult in your 20s in particular because there's just a lot of stuff you don't really prepare for when you're in your student bubble of being. No one really prepares you for. They're kind of like, oh, just get ready. And then it happens and you're like, oh man. So yeah, that was that was a pretty big one this week.
0: So tell me more about that. Was it something in particular or a lot of things coming together? That- oh yeah, it was like Uh,
1: everything you could think of it was like how am I going to pay these bills how am I going to pay the rent which is all it's like all covered you know because I'm working but it's also like oh man and then I like to like window shop on Zillow and so I was like oh you know I'm like very dead set on staying in my neighborhood because I grew up here and I was like oh oh you mean this house right next door or down the block is a million dollars goodbye or like trying to invest in a car and it's like what does this do to my credit score godspeed to all of us but yeah those are the things I was crying about this week
0: I feel like those are especially stressful things no matter what But I feel like watching people go through it like from my perspective because I'm living at home right now like especially online and with like the pandemic like everything is just being amplified like I am about to cry on behalf of everyone who is dealing with something right now, because I'm just like, I opened Twitter and I'm like, ah, um, I'm going to log off. <laughs> yeah,
1: Twitter, I had to get off last week. I had to like get off all my social media. I actually got like the screen time thing today. It was like, oh, you only spent two hours. And and I was like, wow, because it was seven before this. It was a mess. I had to get off Twitter and Instagram and literally anything else that I use because everything was just like impending worldly doom. Oh yeah. It was out of my control. <laughs> and I was like,
0: I'm just trying to wear a mask and pay my bills. I'm so sorry. It's very interesting because I feel like it's, it's a good thing in one way because it keeps us up to date on things that are happening like instantly. Like I can't imagine like getting the newspaper every morning and like having to wait that long, but it's also like wow, my brain cannot handle that much information right now. Yeah, and it's
1: like I just think like the instantaneous availability of it all really harps on a lot of things where if you're not consistently checking and someone's like, oh, hey, did you hear about this thing? And you're like, no, I haven't. And it's like, what do you mean?
0: Like, it's trending and it's this and it's that. And, and what do you mean you don't know? You're saying that you are feeling the the impending doom. So... What are you doing to try to combat that or soothe yourself? Um, So I try and do a few
1: things. Like the first is I always try to limit the content I'm taking in because a lot of it is what like triggers those feelings for me. And I think triggers the right word in this instance because it like really sets off this like panic in me where you know there's nothing you can do like if I'm reading something about climate change and how on top of everything else that's happening climate change is only getting worse and no one is really like everyone just kind of paused and I was like we need to care about the environment because like where am I gonna live where my kid's gonna live where my friend's gonna live type of thing and so I really have to limit the content that I'm taking in Um, anything to do with this pandemic, I just have to stop reading it all and like only allow myself to take in little things. Because again, like if someone is around my age or your age and is sharing their story of how they overcame COVID, for example, the empath in me like takes on those feelings. I become like super hypochondriac. I don't know what the verb of that would be, (laughs) hypochondriac, anyway, and, like, I take on their feelings, uh, their physical symptoms, and it's, like, a whole show for myself, so I really have to just, like, limit everything, and then um, I just, like, take in and listen and watch music, like, listen to a lot of music that makes me feel very good and, like, in control because I know the lyrics,
0: I know when the beat is going to drop, I know everything, and so it's, like, good. I really love that analysis of the music. I've I never heard anyone say that like specifically in, like, in that way because usually people are like, oh, I listen to music to feel good, but that makes a lot of sense. Usually what I'll do is I'll have about 10 songs and I'll add them to like a playlist that's titled like right now or something. Mm-hmm. And I'll just shuffle it on repeat for like a week. But in the last few months, I've just been listening to the same song for hours on end. Which, which song is very unusual i will change it it will change but it will only be one song mm. so right now that song is los angeles by Haim. i think that's how you say it the heim sisters and um it's just like such a beautiful feeling i just like before this i just listened to it for an hour and i i don't usually do that so uh i think it's definitely in that um the same the same feeling of knowing what's happening <laughs> Yeah. For a little bit. <laughs> it's funny you should say
1: that because when I, so I had to f- start forcing myself to go on walks because I was um, limiting myself. Oh yeah. but like when I go on a walk, if I'm not talking to someone, which like doesn't happen because everyone is, you know, in right. their own world, <laughs> I play the same one song on repeat. And then if I switch the song, I continue with just the song that I switched to on repeat for like the 45 minutes or an hour that I have. And now I'm starting to wonder like the psychology behind this, because is it like a, I don't know, this is something I gonna have to look up after this.
0: You said you were limiting like what you were looking at and mm-hmm. you took time to be off your phone. Do you do it in like a period of days that you won't be on your phone? Like besides like texts and phone calls, like certain things, or do you just like choose hours that you don't go on? I just really think it
1: depends on the mood that I'm feeling. So like, it really is like a day by day thing, but I consciously try to limit it when i realize that like my phone stuck to my face and i i'm like starting to get into one of those moods if i recognize it i consciously try to do it but most of the time it's like i just physically leave my phone somewhere and i go and do something else because i just like have the tendency to keep it with me in case and i'm like well the case can wait
0: like i mean i've done before like one time i went like a whole week without it and it was like life-changing even in, I think yesterday, we went to Dunkin' Donuts to get coffee. And there is a Dunkin' Donuts six minutes from my house. So we get in the car and I, we pull out my driveway. I'm not driving. And I like went to reach for my phone, but it wasn't there. And it was so strange. Like I left it at home on accident. And so in that 12, 15 minutes that it took to drive to Dunkin' Donuts and back, the number of times my body tried to reach for my phone it was immeasurable it's just a reflex at this point there was nothing on my phone I was just like going to check the time or something but I literally kept feeling my arm like move to get it and then realize it wasn't there I and then just it felt so weird Yeah, without my phone and how how long like when when did you get a phone like how old were we when when the phones became necessary you know oh i don't know probably
1: <laughs> much earlier for you i mean there isn't that much of a difference between us but like it wasn't really a thing until i was in high school like my first year of high school
0: yeah okay yeah no that makes sense cuz i think i got mine in like 6th grade i had a i had an intensity too oh the nice the slide keyboard it was really fancy
1: yeah oh i what are they yeah i used to have a sidekick from, and it wasn't even my, uh, yes. my brothers
0: oh uh, or the chocolate oh, that was that was the phone i think like of oh, the mid-2000s was the, yeah, the razor was the razor know. yeah oh my gosh yes oh what a time what a time Flip phones are starting to make a comeback because they're trying to do the uh the bendable touchscreen. Can you see that? What? So basically, like big tech companies are trying to figure out a way to I mean, I think they have, but I'm not sure that they know it's viable for like a customer base besides people who think that it's really cool. Mm. Um, But basically like, they've made it so like it's the size of an iPhone when it's closed, and then it flips open to like a double iPhone touchscreen that's just cohesive and flat.
1: This is like some Jetsons age something that I'm just not prepared for. Yeah, like I literally can't even use the little touch button on my phone yet. Like I always have to type in my password.
0: I don't even have the face I I don't have the face ID. I just got a new phone and I like, I refuse to put the face ID.
1: Doesn't that freak
0: you out? That's like
1: what? another thing that makes me cry is like, <laughs> no, no, I'm so serious. Like how quickly tech is changing how it's so integrated into literally everything, especially like, um, politics and like whatever else is going on. And I'm like, um, yeah, like makes me very nervous because like, I'm not tech savvy in the slightest, but you have, like, you have to be in order to succeed. And it's like, hello.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh. I think about that in my, well, my internship, especially like because are trying to find ways to connect with people that wouldn't like that would normally just walk in the door to get the services and we there's this program where you could learn um like a a ton of different topics like a qualifying for citizenship like history math reading in english and spanish but just on your phone and they built it so that it could be done without a smartphone mm. you could call or text to do it which is really impressive because I feel like a lot of people think that most people have access to a smartphone and while a lot of like the same people who might need that service might rely on a smartphone for internet like it might not have a computer so some people I think forget that not everyone has a smartphone it's just so it seems like such a common thing now but there was a there was a time before we all had the touchscreens on our. <laughs> Yeah, no, for uh, like
1: for real, that's like a very big thing, and it wasn't something that I like really honed in on until I was volunteering in my junior and senior year, where I realized, oh, like some of these people that we're partnering with really don't have access to these things, and like what a luxury it is that we just like just assume that everyone can have this, and so like it really. I don't know, it like turned into this whole introspective thing for me. And even now with some of my students, like we went into, when we went into distance learning, some of them just like relied heavily on the access to whatever we had at our school for them to be able to do things. And so like thinking about how can access be broadened is like a whole nother spectrum of things. Just like add that to my list of whatever's going on that.
0: Things that are overwhelming my empathy today. (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> but even, especially for my internship, I was really thinking about the accessibility of it because, well, not only was it originally unpaid. I'm getting a stipend from school, my, my college, but they can't afford to pay me right now. And while it worked out because I got the application pass, not everyone did. I'm sure who needed money for an internship. I could go on a, a long time about unpaid internships and oh. how infuriated that makes me. But I have a computer that can do the work. I have a place to do the work. I have internet. And like, that is so much more of a cost if you like, say, if you didn't already have it and you were qualified for this job. Yeah. You can't just shell out however many thousands of dollars for a new computer somewhere to live. I mean, for me, it's a place to reflect, but it also is like, I just keep asking, like, how, how can we, how can we make this better? Like, how can we improve this for everyone? Because I know that this is not a hypothetical situation. That's just in my head. And so when I get on Twitter and see everything that's happening, I'm just like, oh no.
1: (laughs) Yeah. No, I hear you on that a million percent. But I also think it's one of those things where there's a spectrum of things, especially with social media that like, just like contributes to all of that where like Twitter is like the extreme end of everything where it's yeah. like ultimate utopia like we can do this and <laughs> we, we will do this and like I go on there and I genuinely believe like we got this you go like Facebook and you're like you know like when a snowball is made and you roll it down a hill and it just like goes faster and faster and faster like that's what Facebook feels like to me because I see my aunt who's not really my aunt but I call her my aunt who's like really on the other end of the spectrum of like we're doomed. You youngins don't know what you're talking about. And, yeah. blah, blah, blah. and I'm like, oh, and then I like go fall on Instagram and I'm like, I don't really know where I stand right now. Is this like, like, do I have to be doing something right now? Or like, why do I have to show you receipts if I'm doing it? Or like, what's really going on? And the same people I follow, I only follow this many people. I mean, people who follow me and they follow the same 300 people. And so are we all just like sharing the same information with each other? And then it just like trickles in and like contributes to. However else I'm feeling, because you just like go from one extreme to the next. And then you think to yourself, like, seriously, what can I do? And it's like, okay, well, what I'm doing at home is that is that just enough? Or what am I doing in my friend group? Is that just enough? Or can I do more? How do I do more? Because when I'm explaining these things to my folks in our native language, and i'm like trying to break everything down they're like stay on topic i'm like but i am on topic
0: this is just like all <laughs> like this is like, just an extension of the a, original topic
1: yeah everything is just like a domino effect into each other of like this stuff has been going on for so long all of this just like feels so dense on my heart like there's only so much i can do and i think that really falls into everything out like the circles of things that make up how we are and or like what we're thinking or how we're feeling it's like everything is so interconnected it's like difficult to break one thing off without breaking off another 20 mm-hmm. or adding one without adding another 20 and it's like whoa where where does the circle stop and start it's right it's like, wild <laughs>
0: So when you were saying, like, everything, it's like a domino thing. Everything just Mm -hmm. keeps connecting to everything else. And so after you get off your phone and you're just sitting in your bed, you're like, where am I almost? I feel like (laughs) I I saw this post and it was like, if you're just staying home right now, you're doing your part Mm -hmm. because we should be staying home. And I was like, wow, like, even in this period of staying home, that thought has gotten completely lost, I think. Yeah. Like if you are just staying at your house and taking care of yourself, that is enough right now. Mm-hmm. Even though the internet wants to convince you that it's not. It's
1: not. Or that, I'll use an example. If it were up to me and I lived in my own space, you know, it was just be by myself and I was quarantining alone, you would have 110% see me out with the rest of the folks my age, older than me, younger than me, who were marching in the streets um, a few weeks ago, and are still are every day. But for me, it's like the risk of doing that and going there is far greater because both my parents are immunocompromised and my brother already works in between people. So just like the thought of adding an additional risk could not make sense in my head. But when I was going on all these platforms and seeing like, you need to be on the right side of history. You need to be using your voice actively in doing this. It's like, well, I want to be, but how can I merge the two without hurting anyone in the process, right? So it was this feeling of like, I don't think guilt is the right word, but like this feeling of I'm not doing enough when just the conversations I was having at home and with other people and where I was doing so much work here in my home, like that still didn't feel enough. Mm -hmm. Compared to the folks who were, and I don't know if this is the also the right word, but I'm just not thinking of the right words, but like sacrificing themselves by being able to go out and march and participate in those protests and are, and are still doing that. And so it's kind of one of those things that leaves you, again, like, where do I fall in this circle? Where do I fall in this like domino effect? Am I like the one domino that, you know, like ruins everything and like right. falls astray? And then like everyone else is still standing and waiting. And it's like, whoa, that's like a, things that I like genuinely like make me cry where I'm like, what can I do? You do have to like take it 10 steps back and tell yourself, okay, you're doing what you can. And right now that's enough. If you know for yourself, you're like putting your all and you're genuinely doing that, then you're good. Otherwise, you're also good because
0: what else can we do? You know, <laughs> I think you nailed that. Perfectly, the conflict of that. I think we convince ourselves too that we can do more than we can. Like we say, Mm. I have to do what I can, but we're not always realistic in can I do that. One of my friends expressed something similar to me, especially because after like a couple of protests, like she wanted to go to another one, but um, she like she couldn't, and I was like, it's okay. Like like don't feel bad. Like don't. Mm not something to feel bad over like you see you just see people doing things and it's just so easy to get caught up in what everyone else is doing
1: yeah but also like the age of like show me your receipts like i Uh, really feel like a lot of internalized pressure because of that because another thing that was like adding on is like here's here's like my actual receipt of me donating (laughs) and it's like wow you really live the luxury where you have that extra amount of money where like I'm living paycheck by paycheck just trying right. to by or like in your case like you have not been paid or like pictures of like the signs they use up I'm just like using this instance because that's like the most immediate or you know of like here's my sign of and like where I protested and what I did or literally like here's a picture of me with my mask on showing that like I am a, a like logical decent human being but like like, why do I have to like, like, to me, that just feels very, uh, I don't know what the right word is just feels very disingenuine to and like, to me, at least how I see it, maybe this is all backwards, but it just feels like extremely disrespectful to the people who have been doing this way before any of this hit my ear of knowing. It just feels extremely disrespectful to them because they weren't tooting around and posing and this and that and showing receipts, like they were just putting in the work. So like, how do I align with that? And like, because yeah. everything is there. I agree. But like, how do I, I don't know.
0: I totally hear what you're saying about the people posting, like feeling the need to post when they do something that's like, quote, good, mm-hmm. you know, or like, quote, the right thing to do. Without mm-hmm. you, like, there's so many people who are unrecognized and already doing it, been doing it. You, You're so right. Like, and like, you know, like I have two Instagrams and so, On my personal Instagram, I don't go on really hardly at all ever. Mm -hmm. And on my other one, I'm on basically all the time because that's like what I do. And so the one that I'm on all the time, I try to share things because I know the people who follow me, like they follow me for that purpose. And so I take like work that other people do and I transfer it to my story so people can see it. Like I'm not. Mm it's more of a, it's a, it's a sharing thing. So, and so when I went to the protests, I was like, there was a real conflict there. I was like, okay, do I post this? Like, will I look like I'm just trying to like be quote cool or something? And it's like, why is that? This is not cool. Like, it's not, no, no, it's not (laughs) like if like taking pictures at a protest of yourself, I feel like, especially like For me and the people I see who are, like, white girls going to protests and taking photos, disingenuous, I think, is the word that it is.
1: Also, like, I feel like it desensitizes the entire situation where, like, if you see enough of it, you're just like, oh, all right, you know? Yeah. And I think that's like the other problem with how quickly we can receive information, how quickly it can be relayed and like what we're seeing. Cause eventually you like see the same thing posted on someone's story. Well, I read it 20 stories ago. So flip, 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 flip. Right. Or like you kind of are just like, all right, well, I took in that information, but did you really, or did you just read it because like it was there and you know you have to click it and read it and like moved on with your life? All of it trickles back into The now, the later, and like the far future for like ourselves as individuals, for our peers, and for literally anyone in this world. So it's just like a lot to take in, but it's all very important to recognize.
0: It's almost like we're being asked to learn a lifetime of work in like one year, and so people think that they that by reading it, it's done. Instead of reading it and sitting with it and connecting it to other things that. They encounter and it's like no one. There's no way anyone could become an expert on something so quickly as the last month, for example. Like, and that's at least that I've seen. I think a lot of people are saying, like, yes, that's not the point. Like, you are not going to be an expert on this, right? So keep going. And so I hope that's like the message that people are taking away, instead of just oh, I follow the the quote right people on Instagram or something. Mm -hmm. And so. I am becoming educated on this. (laughs) All right. Well, we're coming to the end of our time. So I just want to say thank you for talking with me today and sharing the reasons for your tears, at least recently. (laughs) So is there anything else that you want to leave us with? Any thoughts or lessons or just general advice that you would like to give to everyone listening?
1: uh yeah I think well first thank you for having me again it's been real fun I think these conversations are extremely important and that everyone who's listening now should recommend that everyone else in their circle and life listens as well because (laughs) we all need it but um no seriously I think that we all should take a little time to let ourselves be tearful and, uh, for lack of a better word, like mourn what, whatever it is that's bothering us and just (laughs) work forward. But, uh, I also think that, um, I think it's really important that we all take a few moments to really let ourselves be human. And um, sometimes you can cry for no reason, and it can be a good thing. So what I cried about this week is not going to be the same thing next week, or maybe it will be. Uh, But in any case, I pledge to cry every week because sometimes you just need to
0: Thanks for listening to today's episode of What I Cried About. Unfortunately, that's all the tears we have for today. But if you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app, leave us a five-star rating, and tell us what you cried about on Instagram at Cried About. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon.